Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast and to episode 337 of the podcast. Man, can't believe every single time I read that number just how high it goes. We are streaming live tonight, this Tuesday evening on YouTube, on DLive Odyssey, and on Twitter as well. No matter where you are, please make sure you smash that like button on YouTube, light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, and if you have a comment or question throughout the entire uh, show, please make sure that you are able to um, tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, that's all that I ask. All that I ask is that you put at Odin in the very beginning of your comment. It lets me know you're trying to get my attention and allows me to highlight some of y'all's chat. So tonight, going to have our typical uh, round-robin discussion about movies and, and trailers and things going on in the uh, movie television world. Uh, obviously, a big part of that is going to be a conversation about Morbius, which is a new film that I actually had the chance to go see. And boy, oh boy, do I do I have certain uh, regrets. In fact, I, I have regrets, and yet I don't remember what those regrets are because it's just how forgettable <laughs> the movie truly is, which I suppose is a is a good thing. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about Morbius, talking a little bit about spoilers, and really my biggest gripe with the overall film, and it, it actually has more so to do with the marketing than with the film itself. So we'll talk about Morbius, we'll mention its box office, and we'll also talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and the potential box office for that film coming out this weekend in connection to the video I did this morning about how apparently Morbius, or rather in this case, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is not getting a IMAX release, at least in many locations. I looked at the comments section, and sure enough, most people were saying that it was also Sonic 2. Sonic 2 was not playing an IMAX near them. And some people might say, yeah, what does that really even matter? Well, it's because IMAX is the biggest screen uh, as far as theaters are concerned. It also tends to be the, the priciest of screens. Um, maybe you could argue Dolby Vision, but Dolby Vision is a lot less common than IMAX is. And it's what it's what's playing in IMAX instead or in lieu of Sonic 2 that I think is what is causing for me the bigger need for or the desire for for a discussion at least for me and that is the fact that it's a film made for 40 million dollars called Ambulance by Michael Bay and I just look at those two films and I say if I was a movie theater owner or if I was the the, the CEO of, of of IMAX or whoever was the one who was making this decision, whoever was the one that was actually doing this booking, I would look at the two films, Ambulance, which has Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and I'm a big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, and I think that there's a lot of you know, potential for that film. And then I'd look at Sonic 2 and say, okay, Sonic 2 made $300 million in the first film, has a very passionate fan base that are still very much supportive of it, uh, very excited for a sequel. Uh, again, I am not really one of those persons. However, I know a lot of people in the comment section who are. And I think to myself, what in the world would make anyone actually come to that conclusion to make that decision to book Ambulance, which is a film I feel very little people, very few people have ever even heard of at this point over a movie like Sonic 2, which absolutely has a much 
you know, absolutely has the IP value is a film that people know about that is actually considered by many to be one of their more anticipated films of the year. Again, not me personally, but I know a lot of people in my comment section, a lot of people in Asgard who feel that way. It just doesn't make any sense. It just honestly does not make any sense to me whatsoever. So we'll talk about that as well. So before going any further though, again, smash that like button on YouTube, line up that fire button on Odyssey. Let's say hello to some people. Starting off with my YouTube family. We got Snorapoopus Cuber saying, Hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? We got a Minnesota hockey fan. What's going on, good sir? Thank you for being a member on the channel. I appreciate you being here. We got, of course, Tina B as well. What's going on, Tina? She is going to be solo for a bit as Stephanie B has some scheduling stuff going on uh, for tonight and, and potentially for the future as well. Uh, So we will have one Valkyrie here for most of the show, if not all the show. So thank you, Tina, uh, for stepping up, for being here. And shout out to Stephanie B, who I know if she could be here, would be here. And uh, hopefully work is going well well for you. And it says, well, I think everyone knows Morbius Blows. What's the spoiler for it? Yeah, I know. That's why uh, I guess there won't be too much of a buildup for the spoiler. But let's say hello to some people before going into what's grinding my gears, most especially about that film. I've already kind of indicated my thoughts about it in, in other videos, or I can't remember if it was Friday night tights, or I've definitely hinted at some of the issues that I have. It deals with marketing, but I really want to like talk about it in a much more specific way. Not to mention the people that are coming to the defense of this movie and the way in which they're defending it. It's kind of reminding me a lot of the tomorrow war where a lot of people came to the defense of that movie. And I will argue, first off, right off the bat, before you say anything else, Tomorrow War is a significantly better film than Morbius. Uh, Tomorrow War is Shakespeare compared to Morbius. Still don't like the Tomorrow War. (laughs) Just like I still definitely don't like Morbius. But I think that there is definitely some comments that I could make about that as well. Alice McCarthy, what's going on? Good sir says, howdy. And how's it going? How's Thor? He's sleeping. Uh, had to, uh, had to watch WrestleMania uh, to erase uh, 38 from my brain. Yeah, I'm. I I just I, I I was talking with a friend of mine, and uh, actually I was talking with uh with John Flickinger, and he is still eating up every single thing that WWE feeds at him. He he when it comes to wrestling, I'm gonna call him out. He's a consumer. When it comes to wrestling, he is a pure consumer. You know he he eats it up. And he enjoys this so-called sports entertainment nonsense, which is just the same thing over and over again. I remember when I heard the announcement for the uh, main event match, or one of the main events for, for WrestleMania. And I heard, oh yeah, it's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I'm like, haven't they done this match already like three or four times? H- how many more times can they try and build that up? And of course, to no one's surprise... Reigns wins, and I continue to ask the question, why in the hell is Reigns getting pushed? He can't talk. He's got a terrible ring set. He, he's not talented in the ring. And so I continue to go back and say, yeah, I'm glad I gave this crap up. You know, WrestleMania is one of those few times of the year where I'll actually go and watch some of it, but it, it was crap. It was, it was almost a completely crap card. Whereas you turn on AEW Dynamite on almost any given week, and you already have a better card in less time. Anyway, that, that's my little wrestling talk for the night. Low Watermark, what's going on? By the way, thank you for updating your membership to be a keeper of the Bifrost. Check out the, uh, check out the uh, community tab as you now have access 
to secret post for Q&A questions that you can ask uh, me and John Flickinger anything when those go posted when we, and when those get posted. And also you get access to uh, the video podcast that I have done with uh, John in the past as well. So again, you get access to that. J-Rod, the beer guru, smashing those ice cream donations over on DLive. Thank you very much, good sir. GMuggy76, what is going on? Fear of FEMA. Also here in the chat, virtual fireball in the chat. Hail to you. Gary Barros, uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich, Worthington, what is going on? 12 Midnight UK gets me some cookie points with Odin. Oh, uh, well, you know, the, the, the points are about as, <laughs> as consistent as they can get. Uh, we also got the K-Man in the chat. What's going on, K-Man? Thank you for being here. J-Rod the Beer Guru, I see you over on DLive in the chat over here. Burst Angel in the chat. Hail to you. We got Greta Zander. What's going on, Greta? Shout out to Greta. Go check her out. Subscribe to her. She does awesome videos. Uh, really loved her video on the Oscars because it's exactly how I feel. Uh, though I think I came to the realization that she did, you know, definitely several years back. Uh, but it's a tough thing to get through because it's something that, just like her, I know how much it hurts to invest a lot of time and energy and and love and passion into not just films, but into the the process of the Oscars and, and caring. And for a lot of it just to get completely destroyed, it's just sad. It really, really is. Alice McCarthy finally with a decent opinion saying, new film I saw was Death on the Nile. It was meh. Yeah, I think that's definitely putting it kindly for sure. Brightburn says, All Father, there's been whispers of Warner Media considering their options on what to do with Ezra Miller. If you didn't know, Miller threatened a couple after said couple bailed him out. Well, yeah, Ezra Miller has a lot of problems and he needs a lot of help. And let's just be honest, I think that he's going to get a much better treatment than, say, Johnny Depp would have gotten. Um, <laughs> and Ezra Miller has actually really done some really bad things. Um and, and is struggling with a lot of demons. A lot of demons. And so I, I pray for him. But all I can say is, is that, yeah, the Flash film that hasn't even come out yet, that, that already had a lot of issues even before the film came out. Let alone now at this point with their star going through as many things as they have been. Uh, Gary, Bar- Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Watch Morbius, what a load of Quano. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. Orange Hat Reviews, who's a member, says, Never liked IMAX, just a personal preference of mine. I've always liked it because I like the louder sound. I like the bigger screen. You got to get the right location. You got to get in the upper middle seat. Uh, That's really the only way to be able to experience it. If you don't like louder noises, I can understand why why that might not be your cup of tea. Do I think it's worth the money upgrade? Typically not. Uh, As an AMC A-list member, though, it doesn't cost me anything extra. So, personally... I like it a lot. Do I think it's, again, do I think it's worth the upgrade? Not necessarily. There are very few films where I will say, you need to see this in IMAX. Um, I have a feeling that's what I'll be saying for Top Gun 2. Just just a theory. Just a theory. Uh, Kelly Chow says, please pray for Drew because he is going through a rough time right now as he's preparing for his mom's wake, which is tomorrow, definitely. We'll keep him in my prayers. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Thanks for being in the chat. Uh, let's see. He also says better, uh, a forgettable movie than a stupid movie. I watched the King's man and the twist was so dumb. It made me mad. Yeah. That's what I've heard from a lot of people. I still haven't seen that film yet. I have the ability to watch it because I have a digital, I got a free digital code for the film, but I, I haven't wanted to, I haven't wanted to activate it. 
And I can't imagine why. Mark Lizette says, I had a wonderful ham and pineapple pizza at Authentic Italian Pizzeria from Jersey for dinner tonight. Well, uh, you put your pineapple on pizza and you are, uh, you're, you're anathematized, good sir. Get out. Leave. Get out right now. Uh, Orange Review says, while I acknowledge Morbius was heavily flawed, I liked it. Well, then you just have poor taste. <laughs> Again, even in my review, I said it was a C-plus movie up until the end when it just fell off the cliff. I just I can't see how they're going to continue that going forward. I really can't. I, I can't see the universe where they're able to make a franchise out of that. I really can't. Um, let us see. ZK Man says, Ambulance might end up being an okay movie. I just don't see it being a popular as Sonic Justify IMAX. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you compare the box office, I mean, if you look at the projections alone, Ambulance is actually trending down. I think Sonic is going to have a very, very strong opening. Ambulance is not. And then what? Next week, they decide to swap them out because of some contractual obligation. Again, the only thing I can think about as to why that is the case is because of Michael Bay being able to somehow uh, work out a deal as a producer to get exclusive rights and exclusive you know, showings with IMAX. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me whatsoever because everything else does not. J-Rod, the beer guru, thank you for the other ice cream donations. On Odyssey, I really do appreciate it. All right. Uh, sorry, over on DLive. Sorry. Uh, we do got a couple comments over on Odyssey. We got Thunderduck says, I watched Morbius today. It seemed like they cut the movie a lot. Many scenes from the trailers were missing. It wasn't woke, which was good. But still, the story overall was blah. Though certain scenes isolated were fine. The vulture scenes made no sense. I love the very uh, first trailer a lot. And then Jacques Lesov says, I've always struggled with Jared Leto, just not a fan. Was he a problem in the movie? Would someone else be better for the role? Um, well, yeah, here's the thing. Jared Leto really isn't a big problem in the film, I will say. He's definitely not the worst part because he is actually a very talented actor. He's just had some of the worst casting choices of all time. The issue with the film isn't that, though, Thunderduck, because Th- Thunderduck, I think you're I think you're trying to give a little bit too much credit to the film and I guess maybe going at the angle of it being studio interference and the editing that caused the film to fail. I think the film just fails on, on so many different levels. And and this kind of goes into, and I guess I'll just talk about this, you know, and get this topic out of the way. Let's let's talk a little bit about some some Morbus Morbius spoiler talk. So if you care at all about Morbius spoilers, which you really shouldn't, then you may want to shut off for the next few minutes. But here's my issue with, with Morbius. The trailers indicate and push very heavily that Vulture and Michael Keaton are going to have a prominent role, or at the very least, a featured role in the film. However, Vulture does not come into play until the post-credit scenes. Yes. It's not until the post-credit scenes, at the very end of the film, which I don't count as being a part of the film, that that character gets introduced. So my biggest issue with Morbius... And my biggest issue with Sony is Sony used false advertisement to try and get people to go see a movie of which they were not able to deliver on. This had nothing to do with, oh, scenes got cut. and No, 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 no. This was them using a post-credit scene. And in fact, using really, I guess you could say two post-credit scenes, mostly one. 
of which they they definitely did cut, I guess, some dialogue from. But they used a post-credit scene in a trailer. That's that's not a very common occurrence for 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 a comic book movie. For one of your selling points to be a character or a revelation that it's in a post-credit scene that's meant to be more of a surprise and is meant more so to be something to get you hyped and excited for it. And instead, what do they do? They lied. They lied to the public. And nothing ticks me off more than that. False advertisement ticks me off. And that's why everyone, I think, needs to take a huge playbook or follow the playbook of Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan knows how to make a trailer. He knows how to get you excited for the film because he tells you just enough without giving too much away and then doesn't use false information to sell you on his film. Now, there was, of course, a lawsuit not long ago. I remember, I think it was... uh, I think Bounding into Comics may have covered it. There was an actual uh, lawsuit where um, it, it was actually for a random film. Actually, it's it's from a, a film that came out years ago at this point in time. It was the film about the guy who wakes up and the Beatles no longer exist and he knows all their music and so he starts to write them off on his own. It's actually a really, really good film. And the uh, so two people sued... The company, because in in the trailer they feature was it Anna de Armas, who is only sh- meant to be shown as like a very small like quick character. They're suing because of her not having a more prominent film. Yesterday, thank you, Greta. Thank you, thank you. Yes, the film Yesterday, which I actually really liked a lot. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Like that that lawsuit I thought was kind of silly and frivolous and and, and stupid. Um, and I think some people were defending it, and and I think that there might be again better legal experts than I am are going to be able to actually break that thing down. But if you're going to have any kind of a case for like false advertisement, it's Morbius. Morbius promises and Morbius makes it seem like you're going to have Vulture and at least a part of the film, right? And at least a part of this film. And for him to only be featured in the post credit scene, that is not part of the film. That is a post-credit scene, all right? That's not really a part of the actual film itself. That's the, the that's the extra. That's the bonus. It's like when people try and say, you know, best song nomination. It plays nowhere in the movie, but it plays in the it, it plays in the credits, and so therefore it counts. And for me, I'm like, no, no, it doesn't count, and it shouldn't count at least. That's stupid. So my one of my biggest gripes with Morbius is that they advertise the thing. So falsely, trying to, I guess, to the best of their ability, trying to garner extra attention, extra money, and hey, Sony, yeah, good good job. It turned out really well for you, he said sarcastically. (laughs) Because now people know what the film is, now people have an idea of what it is, and the word of mouth is not very good. And when the best defense for this film and it drives me nuts and I'm not trying to call people out I saw I know one person has already said it in the stream I know many of my fellow YouTubers have even said it too I'm so sick and tired of the but it's not woke well at least it's not woke that is not an argument 
That is not an argument. That is a piss-poor excuse to try and excuse poor, lazy writing and crappy studio marketing. That's what that is. And I'm sick of that being our standard or for anyone trying to use it as a standard. I'm sick of it. Oh, it wasn't woke. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Is the movie good or is it not? Is the movie entertaining or is it not? Simple as that. But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. So Morbius pisses me off because you've got the false advertisement, which is ridiculous. Again, they lie to get people to go see it. And then the people who are excusing this film saying, hey, it's not woke. That does not matter. If, if that is going to be the standard by which we set things, <laughs> we're, in a, we're in for a load of hurt. We're in, a, we're in for a load of hurt because I guarantee you, we could probably easily list off countless numbers of films that have come out the last two years that have not been woke, but have been garbage. And just being not woke does not make a film good. Period. and stop. And we need to stop. I'm not trying to play gatekeeper here, but it, it grinds my gears, to say the very least. The more so the studio stuff, because uh, it, it's ridiculous. But we need to stop making these excuses. It reminds me, just like with the Amazon film, The Tomorrow War. The number one defense people had was, well, it's not woke. Doesn't make it good. Doesn't make the film good. You can enjoy a film. If you enjoyed Morbius, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you found enjoyment in it. If you enjoy The Tomorrow War, I'm glad that you found enjoyment in it. And, and, and if your reasoning is because you like the story and you found it entertaining, great. But if you at any point bring up it wasn't woke, I say shut up. That's irrelevant. That is irrelevant to the movie itself. We need to focus on writing, direction, cinematography, objective elements. You can like or not like a movie. That's it. And Tina, I don't know if you're talking to someone else in the chat or not, but I'm not moving on because this is a big, big problem. I hope you're talking to someone else in the chat and not me. <laughs> because again, whether a film is woke or not doesn't mean a damn thing in the long run. It doesn't make a film good. It does not turn a bad film into a good film. And it definitely does not turn Morbius into a good film by any means. All right. Let's head back to the chat. Uh, let's see. Alice McCarthy says, I like the sports entertainment part, but for me, WWE is way too repetitive and the stories don't interest. Pay-per-views are all the all I watch now. And, and again, even if you just watch the pay-per-views, though, it, it's all the same. It's all the same. You know, it, it's all the same nonsense. It's the same matches, it's the same rivalries, and nothing changes. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, it says a lot when the most interesting thing that happened at the pay-per-view 
The most interesting thing that happened at the pay-per-view was an AEW star crossing over. I mean, come on. By the way, low watermark, I did I did see your very generous super chat. I'm just waiting for it to pop up in the live chat so that I can highlight it. Uh, so don't worry, I will be getting to that. Uh, Brightburn says, off on the last time I remember having fun with WrestleMania was WrestleMania 18. That was way back in the spring of 2002. Dang, son. Uh, Joey Horn, absolutely. Blessed Passion Week to you as well. We are in the season of Passion Tide. Still in the season of Lent, but uh, this week is called Passion Week leading up to Palm Sunday. And of course, Palm Sunday kicks off Holy Week. It's insane that next week is Holy Week. That Lent is just about two weeks left. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, the K-Man, who's a member, says, had an opportunity to see WWE at Regal Theater on Sunday, uh, but skipped out on it. WWE just doesn't interest me anymore these days, and I don't blame you, dude. It's not good. AW, I, I think that's well worth watching. Minnesota Hockey Fan says, I hope everyone is doing well. It's go- It's been raining here. We are in for another rainy week. Yeah, it's been raining here as well. We had some storms coming through today. Hopefully everyone is safe. Hardwick, what's going on, man? Says Warner Brothers offer the Flash movie to Sam Raimi, but he was smart enough to turn them down. And I'm kind of sad that he did, to be honest. The reason why, I think, is because by turning it down, it was put into the hands of incompetent people. (laughs) And so now we've got the writer for Birds of Prey writing the film. And I don't think it's going to, there's no way it can be good. I'm just saying that right now. There's just no way. There it is, low watermark. Thank you for the $50. Super chat. Thank you so much for your generosity, man. It says, love you, Odin. Keep on going. Well, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I definitely appreciate that. I really do. I really do. You are amazing. Indeed, anathema. Pineapple on pizza is indeed anathema. Mark Lizette says, I was waiting for you to declare me excommunicado for my ham and pineapple pizza tonight. I've declared it anathema. But if you keep pushing it, I will excommunicate you. Don't 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 push don't push the buttons of the all father. Brian Barth, what's going on? Good sir. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. Dan Blackroyd in the chat. Hail to you. Brightburn, uh, who tagged and said, All Father, I heard the Batman was one of those films with a bad third act. And I remember the same thing being said about Michael Keaton's very first Batman film. Uh, I would disagree with the first Batman film having a bad third act. Maybe you could say it was a weaker third act, but yeah, I I, I think that that is a I think that's a good way of looking at the Batman. Is that it, it starts off pretty strong, it has a, a pretty intriguing second act, and really, it's really the reveal of it. it to me, it, it's not even necessarily the third act. To me, it's the revelation and change of character that happens with the Riddler when everything just goes to hell. Because everything that you've cared about and everything that you've been building up to, the entire film, becomes worthless. It it, it feels as if nothing matters and nothing that you've just invested a good two hours of your life into has meant anything or has been building up to anything whatsoever with that reveal. Um, and it really hurts it a lot. And it's sad because I was really liking the Paul freaking Dano performance. I thought he was really creepy. I, th- I thought he did a really good job. And uh, unfortunately it was undone with, uh, I would say poor writing. 
So I, I think it was actually more so a very poor writing mistake, more so than anything else. Uh, let's see, Shorty Story. Laura says, I saw the Lost City. Sad. Yeah, I saw, I saw your comments on, on the Discord. Uh, I'm sad to hear that, that, that it's bad. Uh, Brian Barth, uh, so people are and have done it. Now, whether or not it can be done successfully, I am not aware. Let's see, Greta might have something to add to the discussion. She says, I hate the way they advertise films now. Didn't they put a fake scene in the Endgame trailer? I especially hate when they put those three-second trailer previews before the trailer. What's the point? I agree. Greta, thank you. That is such a great... Uh, that is such a great point. Yeah. So when you're watching these trailers, especially the ones online, and then they give you a little preview trailer before the actual trailer. Yes, I agree. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just like, there is no purpose to this whatsoever. I'm already watching your trailer. Let me watch your trailer. You you, you don't need to push all this other stuff in there. you, You don't even, you don't need to preview the preview. We don't need a preview of the preview. It's stupid. Uh, so I definitely agree with, with that part. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you too. You know, it's one thing if there's a scene that makes it in the trailer and then just in the final cut just doesn't make it in. You know, that happens. It's a very common thing. The issue, again, going back to Morbius, is that they used the post credit scene, which is not even in the movie, but is a post credit scene, a- as a pretty featured part of their trailer. And I think it was very it, it was very clever marketing. The problem that I have with it is that it was incredibly disingenuous because it deals specifically with something post credits, and it deals with a post credit sequence as well that does not make any sense within the context of the film. Like it, it's so confusing, it doesn't make any sense, and it, it, it to me is Sony's very poor attempt to try and create their own. Sony-verse, Sony-MCU-verse. And I I don't know if it's going to really work out well for them at all. It just doesn't look good. Um, Brian Barr says, see the Alien and the Shining trailer context? Always need some context there. By the way, Brian Barr, thank you and Greta for for pointing out it was the film yesterday that I was going off with. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, I can't be bothered with post-credit scenes. I just go online and catch them on my own time without sitting through 20 minutes of credits. Well, I will say the one benefit Forever Sci-Fi is nowadays they do basically a, like, they do a post-credit scene, which for me just means after the initial credits, and then they also do a mid-credits scene. So they, they do one after like the first few credits roll by and then they do another one before the uh, like the full actual credits. And typically what they've been doing lately, at least with the films that I've seen, is they let the very end end post credit, which used to mean something, be something silly and stupid. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't wait through the credits anymore and... Luckily, there's this thing called the internet, and you can access it on your phone and just easily Google how many post-credit scenes or are there any post-credit scenes, and they give you the spoiler warning, and you can tell whether or not there are any post-credit scenes and when they happen, so that way you can know, okay, I can watch this, or I can wait a few minutes or not. Yeah, see the studio, I would agree. I mean, I feel that... uh, you know, if someone had a lot of money and felt the same way that I did, I I would be totally happy with them doing so, because it, (laughs) again... Morbius got complete false advertising. No doubt about it. 
Uh, Brian says, you know what film needed more studio interference? The Coen Brothers film, No Country for Old Men, because the ending of No Country for Old, uh, No Country was that of Cormac McCarthy book, and it didn't work on film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think one, I think that's one of those movies that it's it's kind of like a love hate, or, or more so, it's it's more of a love slash I either you love it or you just don't care. Like I don't even necessarily think that people hate it necessarily. For me, I just don't care about that movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I just don't care. Like that that that's the category of it. I don't know if anyone else is in that category with with No Country for Old Men. But when I think about the ending, the ending was not something at least from my memory that bothered me in the least. So the the issues that may have existed in that film, it was not because of the ending. Uh, Minnesota hockey fan says Leto is an odd one. He is. He definitely is. And he probably needs to fire his agent. Uh, Jeremy Zakowski says Vulture seemed to be wearing the same suit when we saw at the post credit in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think they're trying to build a Sinister Six film. Yeah, as I said, it, it again, it was their attempt to try and build up a uh, MCU Sony-verse uh, like equivalent and it just did not work well because Vulture is a bad guy, whereas Morbius throughout the film is obviously struggling a lot between that between being good and evil. But by the end of it, he is essentially a good guy. And so when the post credit scene happens, you're like, wait a minute, he's now looking to team up with Vulture. This doesn't make any this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, yeah, there's a lot of problems with the entire story of Morbius. And then you add on top of that the issues with the post credit scene just not working or meshing well at all. And the fact that it was used as false, false advertising. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that that is something that is a part of the equation, a part of the discussion. One of my biggest issues writing-wise, though, is that the villain of the film, uh, played by Matt Smith, again, I like Matt Smith as an actor, but the development of his character just sucked. Him him turning evil just did not work. And one can try and argue saying, well, maybe there was more footage that helped to develop this character. And hey, for all we know, there might be a larger cut, a longer cut, you know, the a longer cut of the film out there somewhere. The issue, though, I don't think I or many other people care at this point enough about the film to even want to watch a extended edition director's cut of it. And I think that also we're kind of over the whole <laughs> thing. All right, see, Tina uh, says, when I put that, I was laughing at what Mead called it. Uh, well, it's not woke, so I said, that should be the Morbius tagline. Well, it's not woke. Uh, I'll never see the damn movie. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. That's why I always like context. So that's why I was like, I was always like, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, so yeah, I know that uh I know that Mead had put that in their in their review title and that they had mentioned it. And yeah, I, I just I'm just I'm tired of that excuse. I really am. Because it doesn't make a film good. It doesn't make a film good. And in the end, it leads to the rose-tinted glasses problem, right? You say, well, it's not woke. And so, I, again, whether or not you're consciously doing this or subconsciously doing this, you, you, you look at a film in a lot more of a, of a positive light because of this one aspect. And that's one of the things that we have to always try 
and uh, and be careful of to the best of our abilities. Uh, Soul Assassin, what's going on, good sir? Thank you for being here. Mr. Grant Gregory, what's going on, good sir? His member says, uh, howdy, Odin. Uh, not woke doesn't mean not bad, nor does it mean not good. It's a dumb, me- dumb measurement. I agree. I agree. Now, wokeness in general, I think, is something that is relevant. I know that it is something where people want to know. Is the film woke or not? And I think that is valid, right, to want to know. Uh, to make a judgment call about whether or not you want to spend the money on a film or not, because why would you want to support a film that pushes a woke agenda? Like, that that makes sense to me. But to say a film is 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 good because it's not woke, just, again, I think that there is a, there's cognitive dissonance there that just does not work. Orange Hat says, unfortunately, because of woke Hollywood being so cancerous, at least it isn't woke, has become a standard. I don't like it either, but Hollywood poisoned minds into the woke or not woke. Again, no, no, no. So it's a standard for some people, and I, I think it's a bad standard. So I will agree that some people have made it their standard. I'm just trying to say it's a bad standard. Because if that's a standard that we're going to live by, then we're going to have to start supporting a lot of really bad movies. And again, Morbius is just one of those examples. Just because Morbius isn't woke doesn't magically take away the writing issues, the characterization issues, the, the lack of character development, especially amongst the villain of Matt Smith when he's older. Or the fact that, again, they marketed the film as having Michael Keaton in a prominent role and he is just in a post credit scene. Doesn't take it doesn't take away any of that. You can enjoy the film. All of us enjoy bad films. All of us. There's there are bad films constantly that we enjoy. However, oh it's not woke is not a reason for a film to be good. It's not a reason for a film to be declared good or not as bad. Ah, yes, Tina. Thank you for the clarification. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Brian Barth says, why does Jared Leto choose these <laughs> these roles? Uh, I think it has more so to do with his agent. Typically, uh, a Hollywood actor's agent is the one that is is most prominent in the roles that an actor gets. And so, uh, obviously, he, he agrees to do those roles. But, you know. Asper Harley says, at least Fast and Furious 7 isn't woke. Had to, by the way, I agree with you on that argument. Well, thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Yeah, and again, it would be like using that same argument, right? Saying, well, hey, at least uh, Hobbs vs. Shaw, at least Fast and Furious presents Hobbs vs. Shaw isn't woke. That means that we got to support it, right? No, it doesn't. It means we say, that is a bad movie. Let's call it out. Let's instead support the really good films that aren't woke. By the way, there was a classic film long before the time of wokeness that I just got in today, and I'm very excited because I had never owned this film on Blu-ray before, and it's probably the best, one of the best animated films, at least one of the most over, rather, underrated, one of the most underrated animated films, and it actually comes from DreamWorks, and uh, not from Disney, and that's uh, Prince of Egypt. I don't know if anyone's ever seen this before, but it's on sale right now. So I was able to pick up a couple copies of, of Prince of Egypt. So I've got one for my personal collection. I've got one for my my giveaways channel as well. But anyway, if you've never seen Prince of Egypt, oh, what a beautiful film. Probably one of the best scores, too. I mean, 
and, and talk about a film dealing with a religious subject that handles it well and respectfully. We're a long ways away from that time in the world. Oh, and then I have another one that I featured on Friday Night Tights for a brief moment. But it is another uh, pickup. And it is the Steelbook edition for the 4K release of Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Classic 1988 film. One of my all-time favorites. Um, came out the same year I was born. And it is fun. Not to mention the back. I actually really love the reference here. For anyone else that catches the reference in this image, you are a film fan. And you may even be a film historian. Greta and Tina, I would expect you to get the reference of what's going on here. We need a close-up. He's leaning. And then we have that image. Anyway. Great film. Uh, let's see. Hardwick says, have you heard of the Amazon Prime movie, The Electric World of Lewis Wayne, starring Benedict Cumberbatch's biopic of the painter whose cat paintings turn cats into popular pets? Nope. And I, I'm sorry, based on that description, does not sound like my cup of tea at all. Super Anime Gamer says, hey, what's going on, bro? What's going on? Soul Assassin, thoughts on that Crow reboot getting Bill Skarsgård for the lead role? I'm against the whole reboot idea. I mean, I'm not for reboots either. I'm not for reboots either. As you all know, I have my own very specific thoughts about reboots, reboots, remakes, requels, whatever it is you want to call them. However, I am one of those persons that was not a big fan of the original Crow. Just going to be honest. Uh, Failure to have it. Alan, thank you for the ice cream donation. But yeah, I was not a fan of the original Crow. And I, I know that I get raked over the coals by Tina and others every single time I mention it, but I wasn't. So if any film could be remade, and if it could be remade well, uh, Bill Sarsgaard, I, again, I like I like him as an actor. But I also still don't like remakes. Brian Barr says, Jason Killer and Ann Sarnoff are exiting Warner Brothers. I don't know enough about Warner Brothers uh, leadership to know if that's a good thing or not, but I would say if any leadership is leaving, um, that's a good thing. However, remember, that means that they are going to be replaced, and if you think they're going to be replaced with people that think differently, I don't think you should have your high hopes. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews says, so what is the next color for your background, Thanos? I mean, Odin. Well, we are in the season of Lent, and once we're in the season of Easter, uh, the liturgical color for that is white. And so I think at that point, um, might go back just to, or try and create to the best of my ability, (laughs) a white uh, color, at least for for Easter, uh, any of the Easter streams I do in that initial octave of Easter. And then from there, probably we'll just do random colors. Probably we'll just do some random combinations from that point forward. Uh, Brightburn says, people think cancel culture doesn't exist because for two years, Lucy K got hammered by the media and social media, either fairly or unfairly. But this year he wins a Grammy once it blew over. Yep. Well, here's the thing. Cancel culture does exist. It's just only for a, a certain group of people. It's only if you have uh, a certain ideology because they're all for diversity except for diversity of opinion, which is the most important type of... In fact, that's the only real diversity that exists, is that of opinion. Let us see. Hardwick 
says, I got the title wrong. It's Electric Life of... I still don't care. Hardwick, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> still not my thing. Super says, superhero movies are far too corporate anyway. I have a feeling if Raimi took the Flash offer, Warner Brothers would just be giving him orders anyway. And Justice League proves how smart they are. Well, here's the thing. He is still also doing the Doctor Strange film, so he's still involved in the comic book film. Still involved with a studio that's going to tell him what to do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's still, he still gave into it. Still gave into it. Alex McCarthy says, can't watch WWE with my wife. She turns into RK Outpost at fast food restaurant and makes fun of me for watching PG Kid Wrestling. Hey, turn on AEW instead. It's better. Even, even my wife, when she's seen the clips of AEW, has, uh, has actually liked some of the characters. So there is that. Steven says, I'm so relieved now that I quit my job due to my boss being a jerk, accusing me for intoxicated when in reality I've been super tired for having two jobs and hardly any sleep. Dang, Steven, well, I'm sorry to hear about that, um, but glad that you're happy, at least. Uh, have you had similar experiences where you quit the job due to the boss being a jerk or coworker being a two-faced? Not me personally. Uh, some people close in my life have either experienced it or want to uh do what you did but anyway virtual fireball i know it's been a while uh thank you again 15 minutes ago for the two dollars super chat says the point of the preview is that you can't skip it yeah it's meant to try and 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 get you in you know involved with and excited for the film but you got to be able to deliver on it and Morbius definitely did not. Jacques Le Suave over on Odyssey says, Would Morbius have been better if Jared Leto had slapped Matt Smith and told him to keep his synthetic blood out of his effing mouth? Having, haven't seen it, just guessing that's the plot. <laughs> no, there's not a whole lot that could have made it better. It, it just seems like one of those films that probably should have just never been made. Or at least should not have been given a live action. It's a type of... It's the type of story, I think, that would have been much better served in an animation. Maybe a similar to a Spider-Verse animation. However, I will say this. Having seen in Into the Spider-Verse 2, Part 1, whatever, the, I don't care what it's called. I don't care what it's called. The animation style still drives me crazy. All right, I, I like the way the characters are drawn, but the animation, the movement of the characters just looks awful it doesn't look good it looks so unnatural and reminds me of it's not a similar effect but it's a similar reaction it's like when you're watching uh one of the lord sorry one of the hobbit films on that high frame rate where you're like "Mm, this doesn't look right that's and that's a big problem that is a big big problem so i hope that they're able to to get that fixed i really do um anyway let's see mark over on uh youtube says do you think michael keaton will be in the flash movie for about the same amount of time as morbius wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me because again they've already proven themselves to be known for false advertisement though it seems that there's a little bit more evidence that his role might be more prominent and let's be honest if he's in if he's in the flash at the same amount of time and significance which is none that he is in Morbius, that movie is going to have one of the largest second week drop-offs of all time. That's what I think. I think that, that they they kind of need that film to be a major hit at this point. 
Uh, Brian Barr says, Alien and Shining trailers are examples of lost trailers. Okay. I've seen great trailers before. <laughs> you just said, watch them. And I'm like, okay, you need, you need context there. And yes, they're great trailers. Because they're great film. They're great films. Makes sense. Harwick says, few people remember it now, but the Pirates of the Caribbean movies had after-credit scenes before the MCU. Yeah, no, no. Post-credit scenes have been around longer. I mean, go back all the way to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I'm sure there's other films even prior to that. Post-credit scenes have been have existed long before. Long before the uh, superhero film. The superhero film, however, kind of made it a standard because it became an expectation and then it started to even bleed into other franchises. And, and so now it is something that's expected in many things. By the way, thank you all for being here tonight. Smaller, smaller Asgardian crowd than usual. I know one person mentioned that notifications didn't go out, which, which makes me sad. Um, but for those that are watching, thank you. Uh, on Odyssey, loud at that fire button. If you're on YouTube, smash that like button and, and share the video as well. I don't know if uh, if there are other people that are streaming tonight as well. If there's some major event that I'm that I'm missing out on or that I'm just not aware of. Let's see. No, it's just just uh, Mead, Krigler, and uh, Unsafe Space. So the norms, the usual people that are streaming around this time. But anyway. Let's see, Mr. Roy. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Mr. Roy, we need to figure out a way to, to be able to get you back on the chosen stream. I was hoping that uh, scheduling it in advance would help, but we need to find a way. We must find a way! Orange Review says, Morbius is an anti-hero later in life. They are probably setting it to have him go after Spider-Man, realizing that he is fighting someone who is heroic and not evil. That's the problem, Orange Chat Reviews, is that... Again, it doesn't fit within the story that was actually told. We know that. We have that understanding. But the way in which it's presented does not work and does not make any sense. It's a poor transition. It is a very, very poor transition. By the way, Stephanie B in the chat. Hail to you, Stephanie B. Thanks for stopping by. It's a relatively slow night, so uh, thank you for being here nonetheless. Alice McCarthy says, I read the Morbius plot. Seems mainly curious of who Spider-Man is in this universe. Director said there is one. My theory is Andrew Garfield. And here's the thing. It, it doesn't play any relevancy really at all to, to the story. You know, I think that one could argue that the ending having the character of um, Vulture is is trying to indicate the the person's connected with it, but... Yeah, it's just not good, man. It's just not good, which means you'll probably like it because that's kind of your thing. <laughs> Hardwick says, I'm using a simple plan. It's sort of a morality tale written by the Coen brothers, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, a simple plan. Is that the one with... No, I think I'm thinking of a simple vow. Let me see if I've seen a simple plan. I have not seen a simple plan from 1998. Interesting. Sam Raimi is in it. Uh, Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bridget Fonda. Nope. Never seen it. 
I was thinking of a more modern film instead. Uh, let's see. Rob D says, hello, Odin. I added nobody to my HBO Max watch list. I also added all the president's men, executive decision, escape plan, and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Seen any? Uh, so I have not actually seen all the president's men, but I've always heard great things about it. Glad that you added nobody to the list because it's fantastic. I've heard of Escape Plan, never seen it, never really been interested in it, never heard of Executive Decision. And Tokyo Drift is probably my favorite, uh, one of my one of my favorites of the Fast and Furious franchise because it is so weird and it is so different. Um, I, I like it. I like it. I like that it takes it in a bit of a different direction. And then it also screws up their entire timeline to the point where all the films that happen after that have to take place at a different point in history. And it's fun to see them uh, play around with that for a while. And then, of course, it went on for way too long, the series of Fast and Furious, of course, which led to Fast and Furious 7, which is just not good. And then they've since made other films, and it's just gone off a cliff, literally. And not not in, not in a good way. Uh, Brightburn says reaction people have been giving Matt Reeves Batman has reminded me of the reaction people gave Batman Returns. Do some research before you take your kids to a Batman film. People, yeah, seriously, I, I totally agree. And yeah, it is. It definitely is uh, sad that people have not done a lot of the research for that movie because it's definitely not made for kids. It is nowhere near made for kids. Nowhere near made for kids. I would never take my kid to go see that. Um, and also, I just don't think the third, really not even the third act, but the revelation that happens within the third act makes it necessarily worth a, a rewatch the more I think about it. Let's see. Greta Zenner says here, the opening of Prince of Egypt gives me chills. Oh, yes, the score. The score to Prince of Egypt is truly phenomenal. But yeah, deliver us from the promised land. Or to the promised land. Sorry. I've messed up my words. It's okay. It happens on occasion. But yeah. And then the end, they're like, deliver us. Messed up that too. Doesn't matter though. It's still great. Still a great film. Still fantastic. Feel it to have it. Alan, they the ice cream donation. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yep. It was ah, such a solid film. Uh, let's see. Prince of Egypt. Great film. Agreed. Greed, very underrated film for sure. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says gonna have to side with Tina on the Crow, and again, a lot of people will. A lot of people will, but uh, I'm gonna have to say you're wrong. Uh, Grandmaster says, do you agree? Dune feels slow. Uh, it felt like it was two and a half hour prologue. I, I don't think it was necessarily too slow. I can see why some people would say that. For me, it did not. It did not come across that way. Um, but I do think it it struggles in that it was a part one of a two part story. I guess is what they're going for. Maybe originally it was meant to be a part a three part story. It ended at a very weird part, and I definitely think that there are there are definitely issues in the film. You know, I am definitely one that I still enjoy the film. I still think it's a solid film, but I'm also one that I'm not going to ignore the issues that exists within the movie itself. It's definitely a film that you're going to have a lot of people who love it. You're going to have a lot of people that don't like it. Um, and I think it also comes down to the fact that it is uh, in a lot of ways that re- remake reboot where you have a lot of people that are going to have a lot of uh, connections to the original film who maybe like the the campiness of the original film. I have, which I've made always very clear. I, I'm just not, I just don't like it at all, but 
a lot of people do. So that is already dealing with a lot of different things, um, a lot of different factors. And so I, I would say for me, no, I don't think it was the case. Uh, Evan S says English morning dress is the traditional man, man, menswear outfit for Easter mass. English morning dress. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Forever sci-fi off topic, but when you give something up for Lent, do you consider Good Friday as the end of that? Oh, good question. Good question. So the end. Uh, well, if you go into history, there are different ends, I guess you could say. But uh, really, the the way in which we view the fast. So fasting used to be a much bigger part of the Lenten season, and unfortunately, it is it has fallen fallen away. But the Lenten fast uh, stops with Easter, right? With the with the coming of Easter. So nowadays, a lot of people after the Easter Vigil Mass uh, will will partake of the things that they've given up. Sunday morning uh, or Sunday Easter Sunday would also be the day because that is again really the the beginning of that Easter season. So typically, that is when that would end. Good Friday is still a very is still very much part of um, of Lent. And it's it's one of the three sacred days of the church. It's called the Easter Triduum. It's the three most sacred days in the church's year: Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. With of course Holy Saturday, with Easter Vigil being basically like the Super Bowl of the church's year, um, which is why the Mass and liturgy is is like over three hours long. But no, Good Friday is actually one of those days to not uh, give in at all. In fact, it's if if anything, it's a day where you should probably because it is a commemoration of the very death of Christ should actually even do more if you can, depending on what it is that you've given up or, or what it is that you've added on as it were. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Hardwick. Are you going to review the Hyperions? I still need to watch it. I still need to watch it. Um, falling behind on that a bit, but I, I do plan to, it looks like fun, but I still need to actually see the film. But if I am able to see the film, then yes. Uh, let's see. Mr. Hockey Fan says, Prince of Egypt is a good movie. Once I watch the Patterns of Evidence movies, it's kind of ruined Prince of Egypt for me. I don't know what the Patterns of Evidence movies are. I think if you look at Prince of Egypt as a non, as a biblically inspired film and not as a biblically factual film, I think that you'll find yourself enjoying it a lot better. Because because one of the assignments I used to teach freshmen when I was in teaching in New Orleans and one of the assignments I had them do, I didn't teach freshmen for very long. Thank the Lord. Freshmen are just, freshmen are just a whole other animal. But what I have them do is we would watch Prince of Egypt and then they would have to read uh, from Exodus and they would have to do a compare contrast about what are the similarities and what are the differences and there are a number of differences. There are a number of, obviously, liberties that the film takes. So, yeah, I don't know what that second one was referencing. Alice McCarthy says, we watch AEW all the time. Jericho Appreciation Society is our favorite, as well as Britt Baker, uh, Dan Housen, and MJF. My wife loves MJF. Thinks he is hilarious. As a, It's such a great heel. Um Yes, and then my wife also likes Britt Baker because of the fact that she is also a that the fact that she is a a doctor, and actually she had a conversation with a coworker about it, and even was able to do the DMD. Um, so yeah, she doesn't watch it with me, but like every now and then when it's on, she actually really likes it. 
So <laughs> I think that speaks volumes to it. Whereas with WWE, I don't think she ever uh, got into that. And for good reason. was was very good. Uh, Evan says, didn't show up in my feed. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. I guess I can check my settings. It can't be unlisted. Because it's it's set to only go unlisted after. Yeah, it's it's a public stream. So I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know that every now and then if you like because I didn't have my stream on Saturday because family was in town, but that shouldn't have affected it at all. That's weird. Yeah, and this is why YouTube sucks. Uh, they every now and then they'll put out this and in Orange Chat, you you may have seen it too. Um but for YouTube creators, they'll put out the survey and they'll be like, take a few minutes to fill out this survey. Tell us what we're doing, good and bad. And I'm always just like, you're crap. And when they put in the little text boxes of like, explain this, I'm like, you prioritize woke content. You prioritize identity politics. You don't actually care about the creators of your platform. You don't actually care about anything else other than pushing your woke identity politics and taking way too much from creators because you take 30% of the profits. And it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is one of the many and plethora of... And this is also the reason why you should follow my social media accounts on uh, Twitter. The Discord is probably one of the best. Uh, my Minds account, my Gab account. I, I also have a Locals account as well because I do try and post my links to the streams uh, at that time, you know? Because YouTube just can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. Discord's probably one of the better ones, I would argue. Victor Fontaine says, for some reason your stream didn't show up under my subscriptions even though I'm subscribed. I had to go to your channel to get the stream. That's so crazy. And it's also the same reason why I try and be as consistent with I can. As, as consistent as I can. That's why I always say, hey, same time, same place. I will always let y'all know to the best of my ability if a stream ever is canceled. As I did for this Saturday stream. Uh, Alice McCarthy, that was where my thought w- went first to as well, was a simple plan. Yeah, like the band, right? Oh, those were the days. Hardwick's a simple plan, essentially a tragedy about the dangers of greed. I think you'd find it interesting. Well, add it to the the list of a thousand films I still need to watch. Uh, Brightburn says, All Father, considering what Lucasfilm has done, Star Wars Universe as a whole with the special editions and the sequels, I think I prefer Return of the King over Return of the Jedi now. Well, here's the thing. That's why there's a, there's a beautiful set of films called Star Wars the Specialized Editions because it despecializes those special editions and it gives you a pretty high-quality product to boot. And then there's another great series of films called Project 4K. There's 4K77, 4K80, 4K83, where they are actually doing film restorations and preservations of the original films without any of those edits. And they're great. They're awesome. Uh, Harmies does it in a, its own unique way, which still boggles my mind, whereas Project 4K is a little bit more straightforward, but still pretty darn awesome as well. In fact, it's one of the open giveaways. If you are if you have access to the giveaways channel, then you, uh, you still have a chance to enter in for a chance to win one of those sets uh, that I will be giving as a gift. And it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal what they're able to do. And it makes you 
experienced it uh, as if almost for the first time. Let's see. Uh, Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey says, Would Morbius have been better if Elon Musk wrote 9.2% of the script? Yes, I can say that as a fact that that is true. He then says, Would Morbius have been better if about a quarter of the way through he'd had shaved his head and grown a goatee? I don't think so. But if that is a reference to Deep Space Nine, I have not gotten that far into the series. <laughs> I've only gotten another two episodes in. By the way, speaking of Deep Space Nine update, I've gotten to the board game episode. And I understand why so many people were like, it's... Even my wife was, oh yes, this episode. However, I find it hilariously bad. That episode. Um, I don't know. So, so I'm not saying it's good. But I am saying I, I had I was entertained and I enjoyed it mostly because of the dude that played uh, the leader of the other alien race and like him just showing up <laughs> in the game and like saying these I don't know I, I liked I liked his charisma he was funny but I could see why a lot of people uh, point that out as being one of the weakest. Our view says, out of curiosity, while in movies discussion, have you ever seen Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? No. I've never played the Final Fantasy games, so I didn't even know that there were films. Let's see. Hardwick tagged. I've seen Escape Plan. It was years ago. I don't remember much. Remember Arnold Stallone's interactions being enjoyable and Jim Caviezel being a very intimidating villain? Yeah, just everything about that from the trailer had me... I had just no interest in it whatsoever. I feel that a reboot of The Crow, says Orange Reviews, is an ultimate insult to Brandon Lee. Not to mention they are changing the story in major ways. So it's not a reboot, it's reimagining and a poor one at that. Yeah, I haven't read enough about it because, as I mentioned, I, I don't care enough about the original one to care much about a remake or reboot. Um, so if it came out, I mean, if it came out wide, I'd, I'd probably be interested in checking it out. Um, but that's because I just don't have as much of an attachment to the original as I know many of y'all have. All righty. What a thing. Orange Rat then says, Indeed, Odin, I've ripped into them those surveys. Oh, yeah. And I hate it because it takes time, and I don't want to waste that time. But I feel like I have to because someone has to, you know, speak up. Slicer says, Never got any notification either. YouTube exp- exponentially sucks. I agree. I agree. But again, that is the reason to put it in your calendar. If you like these streams, if you enjoy them, then uh, there you go. Uh, Brightburn says, I really do love two Stephen King films Frank Darabont did. Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile, Get Busy Living, Get Busy Dying Off Father. Those are great films. Absolutely, totally agree. Uh, I think that Shawshank Redemption, one of the greatest films of all time, truly a, a, a modern, and I would say by by you know current standards, we could say still modern uh, masterpiece, even though it came back out back in the 90s. Um, yeah, it's a film that I, I always love to go back to. Even if just to hear the the voiceover, <laughs> just to hear the voiceover um, for Morgan Freeman. My name is Morgan Freeman. It's just so great and wholesome. Watched a Tina movie last night, The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. A widow moves into a haunted uh, seaside home. It really brightened up my day, says Laura. Well, there you go. And check out Tina's channel, by the way. Uh, she had a solo stream the other day, but I think that Tina and Steph are going to start to uh, stream it, uh, streaming uh, pretty consistently. I would assume that they might 
start streaming after this show. I don't know when their their schedule's going to be, but go check out. It's going to be t- hosted mostly on Tina's channel, from from what I know. Um, she keeps saying Tina and Stephanie's channel, but I remember listening in on one of the shows, and Stephanie was saying no. So, I don't know if y'all figured that out yet <laughs> or not, but uh, Tina's channel especially, because that's the, that's the only one that I know of that that's actually had the stream so far. So, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> All right, let's see where we left off in the chats. Uh, G man, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Laura back. She is the modern major general of the channel. Rowdy says, your list of films to watch, like my list of TV shows to watch. I get so many recommendations between anime and live action, especially now with new streaming service show every week. Yeah, seriously. There's like a new streaming service every week, new shows that are coming out. Yeah, I mean, I've got tons of films that have been sent that I still really want to watch. There's new films that I've bought myself that I really want to watch. There's films that I've been sent by studios that I still haven't watched to review. Again, summer cannot be here soon enough because that's really going to be the only time that I'm going to actually have time to sit down and dedicate. Evidence says, Ala Moraine counts for Ala Moraine, three more. Ala Moraine, you can see. Ala Moraine, you'll come with me. I actually got that reference. <laughs> My favorite part of that is how Cisco gets all into it like he actually even starts singing it his voice gets a little bit uh high high pitched like, oh it's great it's the best moment of the show best moment of the show was cisco uh singing that song <laughs> oh man oh man let's see laura says somebody needs to tell channing tatum that only actors with charisma like Hugh Grant can get away with playing himself every single movie. Oh. Here's the thing, though. Hugh Grant does not play himself in every single movie. Case in point, watch The Gentleman. That's one of the best roles of his career because he doesn't play himself, and it's fantastic. If you've never seen The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie film from a couple years back. It's one of my favorite films of that, uh, of that, of that year. It was great. Uh, Minnesota hockey fan says patterns of evidence about the exodus. Some people think it did not happen because they are looking for evidence in wrong time periods in ancient Egypt, Egyptian history. Yeah. That's why I always hate those shows that, that try and like debunk, you know, they try and debunk things. It's like, keep in mind that typically the people that are doing the research, one are not looking at it through the lens of faith, which you kind of need to do in order to understand the scriptures let alone to actually, you know, apply them to the real world. And then they also don't understand something that's also incredibly important, which is that the culture that they're dealing with is an oral culture, meaning that the stories that are written down, especially in the Old Testament, were written down only after many, many years, as many stories and many of these poems and many of these just amazing aspects of scripture were, were all just passed down by word of mouth because that was the way the culture was. They were able to memorize lines and lines and lines of stories and history and to the point where it eventually got written down. The reason why the Torah, right, the first five books of the Bible are often considered to be the books of Moses is not necessarily because Moses was writing things down by hand, 
but it's because it was during the reign or during the time of Moses that these histories that have been passed down from generation to generation were finally starting to be written down, you know, because of Moses. So, yeah, that's why those things always bother me because they just, they, they miss the forest for the trees and they're obviously not coming at it from, from a legitimate um, angle. Uh, Tina says, it's on my channel, but it's our stream. I said that, Tina, I said that. I said it was you all stream. I said it was your channel. So, uh, Steph told me to do a test stream Saturday night while she was off on holiday for the weekend. We're making plans. I know y'all making plans. I did point out, though, I'll have the record show. I said that they have a show, and it's on Tina's channel. And then I said I wasn't sure if they were going to have it on both channels, but it seems like it's just going to be on Tina's channel. But it is both y'all's show. I never said it was not both y'all's show. For the record. Record must be clear. Rewind the tape. Evan S. just says, ahem. I don't even know what that's supposed to... I don't even know what that is supposed to mean. I need context for that, good sir. I need the context to that, good sir. People laughing at all her marine. All Yeah, it's a smaller group, and I think it's just because notifications didn't go out, which is sad. Laura says, I know, I know, Hugh Grant, he, he has had some great roles lately. Yeah, especially, yeah, later on in his career, of all of all times of his career, he truly has just taken off. Martha says, someone was telling me that the Romans never recorded every uh, everything, anything about Jesus. I pointed out Tacitus and Pliny the Younger as two amongst several. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there are definitely, uh, not only do you have uh, pagan Roman first-hand account sources. You also, of course, have Jewish first-hand account historians. And both of them record Jesus as a historical person. And not only that, they record him as being, the words they use are words like magician. So it's interesting how people will like to simply write off the historical reality of Christ, because it is a historical fact that he did exist, that he was a Jew at this time, that he was crucified, and he was known to be a magician. Again, by by the pagan sources, he was called a magician, and even by the Jewish sources, he was referenced in that way too. I forget the exact wording that they would have used, but it was of a similar vein. So it's clear then that you have a historical person by the same name going through the same things that are recorded in Scripture, and then you also have rever- and then you also have reference to this ma- mag- magical stuff. So you make these connections and you start to realize, oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh let's see. Mr. Hockey fan says, count me uh count me of that one. Nosferatu is not my thing. Yeah, I have a feeling that... It, I haven't never seen it, but I have a feeling it wouldn't be mine either. Harvard says, Pastor doesn't try to disprove the Exodus, tries to prove it. Mr. fan was trying to say that other people were looking in the wrong Egyptian area, uh, not those who made it. Well, again, I'm just... I just read the comments, so... Y'all, y'all gotta be the context. 
Brightburn says, I even bought the book Screen Mile and Shawshank were based on. Considering getting the book for Alfred Hitchcock, used to make Psycho. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah, I'd always say be careful with that because if you really like the movies, sometimes, sometimes the book can be, you know, a little off. Uh, let's see. Soul Assassin says, but that crazy SJW on libs of TikTok said that Romans didn't exist. Ah, of course. The Romans are but a myth. The Romans are nothing but a myth. Forever Sci-Fi, the stream doesn't show up on my main page. YouTube has been screwy since the last update. Yeah, it sucks. Really, really sucks. Um, have you seen Treasure Planet? Of course I've seen Treasure Planet, Laura. In fact, I think I even did a review on the channel for it. Treasure Planet is awesome, but I will say, Treasure Planet is another one of those hidden gems. So that is completely relevant to what we've been talking about because we're talking about, we did mention about hidden gems. So Prince of Egypt is a hidden gem, and I would say that Treasure Planet is also a hidden gem as well. Uh, Let's see, Forever Sci-Fi says, I had a good laugh on the BBC when they showed the Rings of Power trailer jumped from 186,000 dislikes to 1.8 million in a day. Apparently the glitch exposed their hiding dislikes. Dang! Yeah, definitely think that that is something to uh, to to be mentioned. Um, what do you what do you even talk? G man, G man, you have been in the chat like for months. What do you mean? Is this live or this pre-recorded? You literally see me reacting to the comments. You literally see me. You wouldn't be able to add to the chat. And G man, you've been in the chat before. G-Man, now you just trolling. Now you just trolling, G-Man. How dare you? How dare you? Harwick says, Joseph has wrote about Jesus. Also interesting things about the 70 AD fall of Jerusalem, including angels in the sky and voice of the dead shouting, let us go from this place. Well, here's another interesting fun fact. Uh, so you know how the... Uh, in it, it, When you look into Jewish culture... There was actually a miracle that would happen on the Day of Atonement every year. Guess when that miracle stopped happening? The year they crucified Jesus. Just saying. Just saying. A lot of signs. A lot of signs. And if, you, if you're someone that's really interested in this topic especially... Um, there's a great channel called Meaning of Catholic. He's a true historian, and he does a really great job breaking things down. I've just been listening nonstop to. He's got a series. Uh, he's got uh, two right now in the Book of Revelation, and it's great to understand because you have to understand the historical context of that document, of that book. Because if you don't understand the historical context of that book, you fall into error. You fall into that concept and that mindset of, oh, I can predict when the world's going to end, which is not why that book was written. Let's see. Laura says, I think Filoni stole his space whales from Treasure Planet. Oh, I think it's a good shout. Yes. Totally stole it from them. Totally stole it from them. Yes, Laura. Methinks G-Man is high. Definitely seems that way. He's not himself. Evan S., uh, the reason why Prince of Egypt and Treasure Planet are hidden gems because it's 2D animation with early CGI mixed in. Yeah, they're definitely unique. They're definitely unique. Uh, K-Man says, there is no live stream. Odin is a time traveler. That's why he can react to comments in a recorded video. Ooh. Ooh. 
Braveheart. And I wonder if Braveheart was the best thing they could do with William Wallace because it's not historically accurate. And the only line I liked was, every man dies, not everyone truly lives. That is a great line. Yeah, and that's one of the issues that you come with with historical dramas is, you know, whether or not they're able to get them accurate or not. And that's why, like, you know, since we're kind of on the topic anyway, it's why I... I so I, I don't want to watch the Chosen series because I've read enough into it to know the changes that, that have been put into it. And yeah, I, I just don't think I'm glad that it's getting a lot more people interested in scripture and in Christ. But you, you, again, the words from scripture, I am the way, the truth and the life. Truth is an objective thing. There can only be one truth. And the issue with shows like that is that I think it tries to present it in a different way. And that's and the very antithesis of Christ. You can't fool me, Odin. I know this is not live or pre-recorded. Oh, really? Oh, really? Is that the case? Joey Horn, I full agreement. I love watching The Passion on Good Friday. Yeah, uh, I need to figure out my schedule because I always show The Passion to my juniors. Uh during the last couple of classes before Holy Week. Uh, it's important for especially these these youngins to recognize the historical reality of these events, but then also what actually would have happened. You know, because we always say this when the Stations of the Cross or when we just, you know, look at the cross in general. We don't often think about what that actually would have been like, what that actually would have felt like. And it's important to provide that context. The scourging scene especially. Mizu Agavan said, Unwrapping the Pharaoh, how Egyptian archaeology confirms biblical timeline by John Aston and David Down is good, and I highly recommend it. Nice. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see. Harvey says, I knew that about the miracle of the Day of Atonement stopping. It happened for the same reason that the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn uh, the Levitical priesthood was no longer needed. And here, here's the thing. It's also, I think it helps to expose that the Judaism that existed during the time of Christ was not the same Judaism um, of the Old Testament time. It was a pharisaical Judaism that had basically given up on the aspect of sacrifice. If you actually look back to Jewish history, what happened every single time that, that you had a falling away? There was always a return to sacrifice. And yet, look to the modern-day Jews. They've completely given up. And again, this starts back during the time of Christ. Gave up completely on sacrifice. And yet, where do you still see sacrifice take place? Catholic Church. Just just, just, just saying. Just uh, just a little evangelization for your fun. Uh, I usually start at noon, says Joy Horn. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, for sci-fi says, have you seen the meme that shows Disney Marvel stole the infinity war poster from Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, I don't even want to try and say this, but no, no, no. Truth, uh, truth is objective. No, no, that's, that's completely incorrect. Truth is objective. I'll give you a great example. Two plus two equals four. That is objectively true. That is objectively true. Now, opinion, we can have opinions, and our opinions can even be based in truth. But truth is truth. And mathematics is, I think, one of the best examples of that very fact. So, 
Anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up as uh, things have slowed down a bit. Uh, let's see. Hardwick says, if you haven't read Josephus, I recommend it. He provides a lot of insight. So I've read I've read excerpts of Josephus. Uh, I took classes in college on that, and so I read excerpts of it. One of the things that I would love to do over the summer is, like, I've got so many books now. I've just – I really want to d- dive in. I love – learning and so i would love to be able to to dive into even online courses but i've got several books and many of them are textbook level um and i just cannot wait to to dive further into uh, that history so definitely definitely looking forward to to doing that physics channel with kenny lee what's going on good sir thank you for being here uh mark lizeth says if you could look at the last temptation of christ as a side story uh, maybe you could think of the chosen in the same way, possibly, and enjoy it. I didn't think. Well, I, the difference is that the last temptation of Christ is a little bit more clear in what it is versus the chosen. I don't know. I, I just I think that there is a difference there. I don't know. That's just me, though. Anyway, with that being said, that is going to be it for tonight. So thank you for watching on Odyssey, on YouTube, on D Live, wherever it is that you've been watching, and. I'm sorry that for some reason notifications must not have gone out. Uh, again, I don't know what what the issue was going on there, um, but we're on a normal schedule this week. So Friday night tights, uh, I will be there on the show. Also this Saturday, we will have a Saturday evening stream as well. Um, so going to be bringing that back. And uh, the week after that, though, will be Easter weekend. So I can confirm that there will not be a Saturday show Easter weekend as I will be going to the Easter Vigil Mass. Um, so therefore, no Easter stream. Uh, but there should be a, a stream the Tuesday following Easter Sunday. So Saturday stream this weekend. No Saturday stream the weekend following. And then the weekend following that... Let me try and see if I get my Sundays right or Saturdays right. So this weekend stream, the 16th, no stream. On the 23rd, there will be a Chosen of Valhalla stream, which means an early stream, 12 p.m. Eastern time to about 3 p.m. Eastern time. So the 23rd, there will be a evening. Uh, there will be a uh, there will be a afternoon stream. No evening stream that night, but there will still be a stream that day. And then the 30th of April. That should be a regular Saturday stream. So, again, Saturdays, I know, have been a little bit wonky uh, as of recently, but I just wanted to give you all a little bit of a look ahead at the schedule. So, again, normal week this week. Easter is the week after. Again, crazy, crazy how fast Lent has been flying by. And uh, I hope everyone has a blessed Passion Week, uh, blessed Feast of St. Vincent Fair. Uh, learn a little bit more about him. Uh, very, uh, very prominent in the... Uh, church. Uh, Joey Horn, uh, bless to you and to everyone for being here. Huge shout out, of course, to all the people who have been hanging out here tonight, all of the members on the channel, and of course, a huge shout out to Tina and Steph, my Valkyrie, my mods, who are always amazing, and of course, to Laura, the modern major general of the story, who is also one of our mods as well. She's beyond a Valkyrie because she is the modern major general. That's just let's, that, that's just the way it is. Uh, but anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful, blessed rest of your Tuesday. Uh, blessed rest of your Passion Week. Blessed Palm Sunday. And uh, I'll see you all on Friday and Saturday. So anyway, have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, 
God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my March Patreon subscribe star and locals members. Starting off first with my Patreon members, animation commentator, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Brian P. Christopher Bowman. Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Father Damien Cook. Fuzz Aldrin. Garrett Searles. Hannibal Grimm. Harold Francis. Hymir Ari Hymason. Inflamed Wood. Jacob Juice. Jeff Toon. Joe Horn. Jonathan Carney. Gomer Kyle 79. Laura. The Modern Major General Story. Mike Jackson. Mad Mitch Dunaway. Mondo Spieler. Mr. Peabody. On to June. Orange Chat Reviews. Out of Step with Reality. Rosetta Allen. Stan Andrian. Miss Martin Muses. Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and, of course, Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Also, a shout-out to my Subscribestar members, starting off with Trent Johnson, Matt317, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Storm Tracker, The R, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan4, John B., Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, Slash, the new number two, Jerrod, the beer guru, and ZK Man. And a final shout out to my locals members, Kara Tharp, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, and Robert Barnes. And lastly, a huge shout out to my newest locals member, Brett D90. Thanks, man. Thank you all so very much for being supporters, monthly supporters of the channel. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every single live stream and every single video, please check out the pinned, uh, rather than the pinned, the, the, the very top link in the video description. It is noted as the Willow link there. It'll bring you to uh, uh, basically a link uh, tree of all the different places that you can support on Patreon, Subscribestar, or on Locals. And also there are other tiers that you can get access to as well, including an Army of Asgard level where you get not only the shout out, but you also get access to a giveaways channel that I have on my Discord where you get uh, offers of giveaways or rather you get access to giveaways of 4K titles, Blu-rays, uh, digital codes, all kinds of stuff, steelbooks. It's just uh, I'm giving away stuff all the time over there and it's a lot of fun as well. So go check that out if you're interested. There's also the Keeper of the Bifrost level, which is the higher level up than that and you get all everything from the previous tiers plus you get access to a once or twice a month podcast that I do with John the Flickpick Flickinger where you get to ask us Q&A, right? You get to ask us questions, uh, any question that you like, uh, movie or non-movie related. We will answer them uh, once, maybe twice a month. Uh, we're trying to work on a second opportunity for us to to have a show, but right now it's at least once a month. So again, you get access with that with the Keeper of the Bifrost level. And then there is the Chosen of Valhalla level, the very premium level where you get access to all of those things. Plus, you get to be featured on the channel once a month with me and the other Chosen members where we talk about movies and 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 stuff anything really that the chosen want to talk about and it's always a very fun discussion we usually have about three three and a half hour discussion so again that's what you get access to at the chosen of Valhalla level also you get a free t-shirt during your first month all you need to do is just let me know uh, what t-shirt you want from the store and also their size location etc and i send those out anywhere in the world anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Thank you all so very much again for your love and for your support. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.